Welcome in everyone to another episode of my Dynasty Fantasy Football YouTube channel. This time we've got Dynasty Cells. I'm going to bring you three and then Patreon questions in the second part. Let's jump into cell number one. So, Kyron Williams. Now, I don't want to take anything away from Kyron Williams. Now, in 2022, he was fifth round draft pick. He didn't do anything. He had 35 carries for 139 yards, nine catches for 76 yards, mostly a lost rookie year. Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson stayed ahead of him. But in 2023, things suddenly changed. Akers served as the workhorse for week one only, where he took 22 carries for a miserable 29 yards. Of course, after that, the Rams benched him. He never played for them again, straight to the Vikings. From that point forward, Williams dominated. 12 games, totaled 228 carries in those 12 games, which is a lot. 1,144 yards, 12 touchdowns, and... 32 catches, 206 yards, and three touchdowns through the air. A ridiculous 19 carries per game. Now, I'm not saying he wasn't good, but we know time and time again, we always make the same mistake. These late-round running backs, they don't last. The dynasty price soars up to ridiculous heights. It almost never pays off. The Rams had... No relevant backups in 2023. They traded away the only relevant one. Ronnie Rivers, the best of the bunch, <laughs> struggled with injuries. They had to re-sign Henderson, bring in Royce Freeman to play ahead of Zach Evans, who was also a total flop. They're going to add a legitimate complement to this backfield. They will, because they have to. Because when Kyron Williams went down, they had nothing. They can't go into a season like that. So they will prepare better for it next year. Now, let's look at uh, Williams' ranking. So current DLF rank, RB8. Current KTC value, that's keep trade cut, RB6. My current rank, RB7. So the problem is not that other running backs are better than Kyron Williams. That's really not the problem. The problem is where he ranks kind of in general. So on KTC... A few similarly valued players are Drake London, DJ Moore, Devonta Smith, and Nico Collins. And I would just much rather have any of these wide receivers over investing a third or fourth round startup pick in Kyron Williams in a Superflex. I'm just not doing it. Now, if you want to trade him away, it might be tough to get draft capital. But here's two recent trades from the DLF Trade Finder. Kyron Williams and Jaden Reed for Nico Collins and Zay Flowers. Kind of what we talked about. I'd still rather have Flowers over Reed. I'd rather have Collins over Williams. And then this one kind of blew my mind. And yes, these were two separate trades. Again, Kyron Williams and Jaden Reed, which is funny considering who the next player is. For Trevor Lawrence in 24 second in Superflex, I mean, I get it. Concerns about Trevor Lawrence, but it's Superflex. I want Trevor Lawrence side there easily. So if you can get that kind of return, I'm happy to move on from Kyron Williams. Now, speaking of Jaden Reed, here we go. Jaden Reed. He's my next sell. Now, again, it's not me saying that I dislike Jaden Reed. But I have some concerns that I think are being glossed over by some people. He had a good rookie year. 64 receptions, 793 yards, 8 touchdowns, and 11 carries for 119 yards and 2 touchdowns. 10 touchdowns. But never broken 80% snap share. He hovered in the 60% range or so in most games. He is a slot wide receiver. 
He doesn't play in two wide receiver sets unless the Packers are decimated or desperate. In the playoffs, we saw that when everybody was healthy, Jaden Reed was not very involved. In the two playoff games, he totaled just four catches on seven targets for 35 yards. He had a carry for nine yards. He just wasn't anything special. And then we have some concerning splits with Jaden Reed. In the nine games where Christian Watson played, Reed was fine. 11.1 PPR points per game, 3.4 receptions, 4.9 targets, and 40.6 yards per game. That's fine, but that's not even, you know, a wide receiver three. Like, that's not that good. Whereas without Watson, all of a sudden, 16.5 PPR points per game went up from 4.9 to 7.1 targets per game over 20 more yards per game. So it's concerning that when everyone was healthy, Jaden Reed was more of a nice piece of the offense over the big, valuable wide receiver in the offense. I'm not saying he's not good, but it was the difference between great and just good. Additionally, the backers have a lot of receiving weapons, but they don't have a real one. They don't have that. And I don't think Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, Dontavian Wicks, or Reed himself are really ever going to become that. I think these are a lot of complementary players. They also have Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave at tight end. And all of these players are under contract until 2025, at least, or 2026, in case of this year's rookies. Additionally, somehow, I don't know, you got to give Brian Gutekunst a lot of credit because he found all these players. And this year, they have two picks in round two and two in round three. So they have extra draft capital. Maybe they'll use one on a wide receiver. It's a very deep wide receiver class since they have extra picks that they might not have otherwise. Now, Reed's current DLF ranks wide receiver 29, which I actually think is kind of low. KTC value wide receiver 24 and my rank wide receiver 26. But I did see in some of the trades and also the DLF ADP, which was very high. Jaden Reed and 24 second for Michael Pittman and 24 third. This is the kind of thing. It's like you're trading away kind of a complimentary piece for an alpha in Michael Pittman. Second and third is not nearly the difference between those players. Again, here's another one. Jaden Reed for Trey McBride. I don't think this was tight end premium. You're trading away Jaden Reed, who's fine, for Trey McBride, who's a difference maker at tight end. They're not that close in value. I'd much rather have Trey McBride. So, again, I'm not saying I dislike Jaden Reed, but... Probably a little bit overvalued, especially if the Packers are going to add a weapon and other players are going to stay healthier than they did last season. Now, last one, and this will be a quicker one, Dalton Schultz. Again, I like him, but I think we have to be honest about what he is. Let's look at his career stats since his breakout in 2020. You're going to notice something here. 2020, 3.9 receptions and 38.4 yards a game. 2021, 4.6 receptions and 47.5 yards a game. 2022, 3.8 receptions, 38.5 yards per game. New team in 2023 on the Texans, 3.9 receptions and 42.3 yards per game. Not really any different. It's four years of pretty much the same thing. And in three of those four seasons, he had four or five touchdowns, except for eight in 2021. That was his best year. This year, also to add to that, Nico Collins missed two games. Tank Dell missed six. The Texans' other wide receivers were inconsistent to bad, and I think that they're going to get someone better at wide receiver three. They have the cap space to do it. 
better than Noah Brown, John Mechie, Robert Woods, and Xavier Hutchinson. That was not good enough. Additionally, Brevin Jordan played decently. Now, again, not saying that he's going to overtake Dalton Schultz, but maybe he earned some more playing time. All it takes is to go down from an 80% snap share to a 60% snap share. Rough for tight end. Generally, when non-elite tight ends fall kind of down the pecking order on the team, they fall out of relevance. I don't think anyone is saying that Schultz is elite, but he's what he is. He's 28 years old in July. It's not Nothing's going to change. He's also not a lock to re-sign with the Texans. He has not yet received a massive contract in his career. He had the franchise tag in 2022. He had his one-year deal this year, but he's never gotten a, a payday. And I would not be surprised if he goes to the highest bidder over the best situation. Why shouldn't he? He deserves a payday. He's played well. So if he signs in the wrong place, like a team that's not a very good offense, I don't know if he's going to have this kind of, I mean, he's played in the Cowboys offense and the CJ Stroud Texans offense. I'm not sure he would do the same thing on a bad team. So you just got to watch out for that. Right now, DLF rank tight end 18, KDC tight end 19, myself tight end 19. But it's not about the the tight end rank. It's about the overall rank. Feels like about 30 spots too high. He's just in a different tier for me, kind of in that meh value range. A lot of second-round picks involved in potential trades. I'd just take it, even if you have to wait until 2025. He's never going to be worth more than that. And I think if he gets the wrong spot, he'll quickly be worth a lot less. You see how players, you know, Mike Kosicki was having a great career, and then he fell into the Mike McDaniel offense. It didn't work for him, and now he has, like, no dynasty value. So, yeah. Let's move on to the uh, Patreon questions. So so you can ask those Patreon questions at patreon.com slash fantasy advice. I try my best to get to all of them from the patrons. And only patrons get to ask these advanced YouTube questions. So let's get into a couple of them. This one's kind of a long one. Um, my main dynasty team is kind of a tight end university. I have Laporta, Andrews, McBride, and Meyer. Should I sell two of the guys to boost other positions? If yes, who and what should I ask for? Or should I keep everyone and roll with this advantage against my league? Keeping two teams out there weaker on the tight end position. As always, I don't. we always focus on value. I don't mind being deep at a position if it happened that way by value. Of the specific players listed, Andrews is definitely a sell. 29 years old already. Um, I, I guess I would tell him Myers very underrated. He's definitely not a sell. As for the other ones, Laporta and McBride, they're high tier, but they're worth it. They're they're worth it. So I'm not sure I would sell them unless I got a massive return. Next one. I guess I think we'll close out on this one. This video is starting to get a little long. Why do you have Jordan Love ranked below Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott? It's actually very simple. Love just doesn't have the track record of success of Purdy, let alone Prescott. Love was fine during the 2023 season. He was fine. He was pretty good. 64.2% completion, 32 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 7.2 yards per attempt. I will say touchdown regression feels like it was in his favor because his touchdown numbers are a lot better than his completion percentage and yards per attempt stay it should be. 
In contrast, look at Purdy's numbers. Almost identical touchdown to interception ratio, but 9.6 yards per attempt and 69.4% completion. They were not comparable. Purdy was a lot better. So the only reason that Love is even in the same value range as Purdy is because he's probably about to get a massive contract extension and Purdy's not eligible for that until after his third season in the league. So, yeah, we've just seen more. I mean, Pac Purdy started more games. He's gone farther in the playoffs. He's better statistically. Jordan Love doesn't run that much to make the difference. So, yeah, I don't really... If anything, looking at these statistics made me think that I had them too close. Not that I should have Love above Purdy. So, that's just kind of my thoughts on that. We'll leave it there. On the Patreon questions, I do have a few more. We'll put them in the next video. But as always, I want to thank all of my patrons for signing up, for asking these questions. And of course, if you like what we're doing here, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the video. It's the best way to support the YouTube channel. But as always, without patrons... It's hard. The YouTube channel, there's a lot of costs to the YouTube channel between the StreamYard, Canva, and all of that. So people who sign up on Patreon help keep the YouTube channel going. So again, I always appreciate everyone who signs up, everyone who engages in the Patreon Discord, creates great discussion and a great space there. So I just want to thank all of my patrons, uh, both current and former, over the years who've enabled... Uh, you know, all of my independent content to continue. So I want to thank everyone for that. But until next time, I will see you all later. Peace out.